I'm Nana van Tolberg for Biz News. The 40th Forum of the African Growth and Opportunity Act, AGOA, which provides duty-free access to the United States economy for 20 African economies, including South Africa, has just concluded. Well, it appears that the concerns regarding South Africa potentially losing its benefits due to the Lady R affair and its support for Hamas and Iran have lessened for now. South Africa is advocating for an early 2024 renewal of AGOA in the U.S. Congress, as the current agreement is set to expire in September 2025. Well, joining me is Renee Mutilal, the CEO of the National Association of Automotive Components and Allied Manufacturers, to discuss the impact of AGOA on the auto sector. Hi, Renee. How are you? Linda, hi. Uh, thanks for having me on your broadcast uh, this afternoon. And uh, I think to, to help you out, you could probably just say NACAM. As, 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 as you kind of rightly pointed out, we are the, the industry body or, or voice of auto component manufacturers in South Africa. And uh, again, appreciation for, for allowing me to be part of this discussion on what has been a really important topic for the sector in the recent past. Yeah, you've made submissions both to the U.S. government and to to AGOA itself. Are you happy with the outcome of this 20th AGOA forum? Do you think the danger of our possible removal has been averted? So I, I think it, it's pointing towards uh, more of the positive. Uh, we can't say for certain until we see what, what the, the Congress finally adopts. Uh, but, but we believe that uh, a very strong case has been made for for the renewal and continued but uh, well extension of AGOA but also continued participation of South Africa and the importance of that continued participation uh, not only to South Africa but I think to the wider uh, African continent and to the US themselves so uh, like you started off saying it uh, it's it's looking positive uh, but uh, ultimately we'll rest when when the formal announcement is made well, it can just take us back. What kind of benefits are there for South Africa, for your sector being part of this? So, look, I mean, as you can imagine, so so if I could maybe just sketch a picture. South Africa is, or at least automotive manufacturing in South Africa, is probably uh, one of our, our core industrial sectors from a manufacturing perspective. You've got more than 110,000 uh, direct uh, employees in the combination between vehicle assembly and component manufacturing, with the bulk of those jobs sitting in component manufacturing. So, so from a, a local manufacturing perspective, autos production is key. Uh, the sector is contributing probably somewhere around 5% of, of the country's GDP on an annual basis. Having said that, within a global context, and uh, if you compare to comparator economies like uh, a Thailand or Mexico, Turkey. I do think we've still got some work to do to be an even greater player. South Africa has been producing vehicles for for about 100 years now, and of course, components have been associated with that as well. Having said that, we're still less than 1% of of global autos production. Why am I sketching all of this out? Trade agreements like a goal. Uh, preferential access into still the biggest consumer market globally. The U.S. is still the biggest consumer market globally. is absolutely key for A, maintaining volume, but B, also maintaining the level of comp- competitiveness of, of uh, assembly in South Africa. So, I mean, we benefit, for example, from the, the free trade access into, into, the, into the EU and, and the U.K., preferential access into a goal. And like I said, that U.S. market has for a long time been absolutely key. 
last year alone, I think 24 billion rand worth of uh, vehicle exports coming out of South Africa into the US, of which 15 was vehicle manufacturing, vehicles being exported, and about nine was direct component exports. If you consider that vehicles are the sum of components, guarantee you all 24 million of that had an interest to my constituency. So on, ongoing participation in, in something like a GOA is obviously key for, for this domestic South African vehicle production and, and components ecosystem. Uh, my own sense is that we cannot, again, being less than 1% of total vehicle production, we can't afford to be losing any, any levels of, of market entry. So it's an absolutely key one, and it's a message that we've kind of been fairly constant in saying throughout the year. So, so do you think that was heard at the Sagoa Forum? I do think it was heard, and um, and to some extent it was also really heartening to contextualize it within the, the context of, I suppose, uh, not only benefit to South African auto composite production, but actually what's happening in a regional context and the development of regional value chains. I mean, your, your your viewers and listeners may be interested to know that already we have seen a proliferation of uh, auto component production and companies moving into some of the regional economies. I mean, I, I was I was giving this example right now. Let's let's take let's use the example of a Mercedes C class that's being exported into the U.S. market. But in there, there's there's components that are are an agglomeration of processing from Botswana, from uh, Mozambique, from Lesotho, where raw materials being converted into auto glass, being converted into wire harnesses, coming to South Africa, then further processed and then supplied to the vehicle, the vehicle assembly plant in East London, then finds its way into the US. So already we see through the Goa uh, trade relationship, benefits outside of South Africa and into the wider African context. And for me, that's actually what Aragoa wants to promote. You don't want to see one particular country dominating that kind of preferential trade agreement. And we're starting to see the progress in that regard. So I think the point was was really well made. There's obviously opportunities for greater regional integration. Uh, but I think there's issues that can be addressed outside of the Aragoa forum, for example. But ultimately, to your question, uh, component manufacturers were well represented together with OEMs at, at the forum last week. And I think uh, the message was very strongly passed across. So what effect would it have on the US? What would they lose if if we get kicked out of AGOA? So again, I think uh, we, we need to understand that, uh, yes, vehicles are exported, fully assembled into, into the US. But also, I told you there were 9 billion rand worth of of components being exported directly to the U.S. market. Let me give you an example. Right now, we, I, I, I've got a, or at least within the Narcam structures, there's a, a fairly large scale, what we call tier two uh, manufacturer who is producing wheel hubs that find themselves eventually assembled in the U.S. into the highest uh, volume pickup uh, assembly that they've got in the U.S., Included in there, by the way, is an electric vehicle variant. Now, why have I, I gave you that example? There's manufacturing jobs in the US being supported on the on the fact that there's South African components finding their way into that space. 
there's already direct manufacturing jobs being supported in the U.S. by having the South African in- uh, integration into the value chain. Then we, we spoke about the U.S. being a large uh, consumer market. They are actually benefiting from the fact that they get reduced duty components of the quality produced in, in South Africa at reduced prices as, as consumers in the U.S., so, so a combination of the fact that you've got manufacturing jobs being supported, they've got access to cheaper components produced at a reliable location like South Africa, means it is an advantage, and they wouldn't want to want to be losing that that kind of supply chain. And I think supply chains have become an even more integral discussion point in a post-COVID environment. And South Africa has consistently portrayed itself as a reliable supply chain partners. Partner and uh, and I think we've we've seen globally the the kind of challenges with uh, with others. So let let's call it larger supplier destinations. You've mentioned electrical vehicles. What impact will the phasing out of the internal combustion engine technology have on demand from foreign markets? Because you know the shift to electrical is so huge overseas. Yeah, so I think it's it's a it's a slightly more nuanced discussion, especially from a components perspective. In that, component companies and how they supply vehicle assemblers or OEMs, they've been responding to technology changes as every every time a vehicle changes. I mean, you you've got you've got a model run typically of about seven years, and what would happen probably two or three years before that, the assembler or the OEM at a global air office level will start sourcing. They'll start putting out the RFQs for suppliers to to respond and be part of that on a global basis. So things like uh, investment in in technology and skills uh, will happen before the OEM actually starts starts assembling that particular technology. So whether it's internal combustion, whether it's hybrid, whether it's electric vehicle, my own sense is that the South African supplier base is already ready to respond. So 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 right now there's no pure electric vehicle assembly in South Africa. But we've got component manufacturers. I gave you one example. I, I know of quite a few others. There's a beneficiator of raw materials who are exporting um, uh, plates for the battery packs into into a, a U.S. Uh, assembler. So it's kind of already happening. Component manufacturers are playing in the space. From a South African context, what we want to see is that as markets change, if, for example, there's a particular reason why the U.S. starts heavily scaling up in its EV consumption. Uh, what we would like to see is that the South African OEMs using a, a platform like Agoa would then be producing EVs for supply to the US and then the South African component manufacturers are then part of that that kind of continuous build process. Wow. So are you sort of cautiously optimistic that we it will be renewed? I think so. I think so. Cautiously optimistic is a, is a, is a good descriptor. I, I think uh, there's a lot at stake, and uh, and Goa is not something that we've kind of uh, tested or, or so you know over a short period. It's it's running for for more than two decades now, and uh, the volume of growth that we've seen and how uh, South Africa and the wider African continent has been able to support. Uh, leverage on the U.S. market, and like I mentioned earlier, the the cross benefit. To, to the US as well um, uh, makes makes me kind of confident that uh, it, it will be renewed. Is the auto sector the sector that would be most impacted if there is a change? I do think so. I do think so. The, the auto sector 
uh, going into the U.S., both from a volume and a value perspective, uh, I think has one of the more higher rates of utilization of the AGOA agreement. So it is it is one that uh, is a material kind of discussion point. It will be heavily uh, affected. You mentioned some of jobs that might be impacted. What is the jobs impact of your um, your industries, the ones that you support, and in the auto sector? So, I mean, um, it's difficult to pinpoint the exact number of component jobs linked only to production in the U.S. because, as you can imagine, companies are supplying different markets all the time. Right? But what I can give you is uh, there's uh, more than 80,000 employees in South Africa. Leave the neighboring countries who I told you are part of that value chain. Uh, just in South Africa alone, more, more than I think it's about 86,000 or so direct component manufacturing jobs. And I think the, the, the benchmark that can easily be used is if you look at vehicle assemblers or the OEM class, globally you're looking at anywhere between three and four jobs in the components value chain for every one job at an OEM assembly level. And I think that's going to, that ratio will increase over time as we've increasingly seen that OEM plants are getting even more and more automated and things like that. The real job heavy part of the sector sits in the components base. So to say, uh, if you if you take out to Goa, uh, it will be a complete catastrophe and all 80,000 jobs will be impacted. I don't think so. But it is it is kind of a spiraling effect. Once you start losing one market, the competitiveness or the scale or the volume that having that market as part of your makeup, that's then extracted. You put more and more pressure on trying to either replace or find other cost-saving measures. It becomes, it becomes like I said, uh, a, a vicious cycle. And uh, losing the U.S. market, in my opinion, would be a, a forewarning of, of greater pain in, in the South African autos manufacturing base. Would it also impact other markets like the market to the EU? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, you, you could you could make the argument that if, for example, you lose a major market again, the US is a major market. You use a major you lose a major trade partner like the US, you introduce competitiveness pressures on the domestic guys, which then could in turn impact how they supply into into other markets. Yes, and I mean, there's opportunities to find new markets, the, the kind of BRICS uh, uh, arrangement and things like that. But if you look at our traditional performance, it has been the US and, and the EU have, who have been the big consumer of South African uh, auto products, both from a vehicle perspective and direct component exports. My own sense is that, uh, again, the, the kind of value chain benefits that come from being able to supply into the U.S. market. Having big investors from the U.S. here in South Africa, I mean, not only is it a, uh, from from a OEM brand perspective, there's a large number of U.S. headquartered companies from the U.S. who are producing here in South Africa as multinational investors, including supplying into the EU. My concern would be is if you lose that market and then uh, buyers in the EU are looking at South Africa and you don't have the qualification or the linkage to 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 large buyers in the US and again that becomes a discussion point issues around the withdrawal of agoa will create risk premium issues uh, even for the in, even for the EU market so yeah again it's a combination of many factors can we conclusively say you lose EU customers if you lose the US no we can't but i do, I, I do think it all contributes over time what about um, a lot of people would say, but China is our big trading partner? 
Can't we increase exports to China? Uh, I think to date, what we've seen is uh, uh, definitely we are more import from the, from a trade balance perspective. Um, uh, Chinese uh, uh, stronger on the on the import side of that trade relationship. I mean, we would like to increase access into into the Chinese market, uh, but that hasn't happened as yet. And uh, until the conditions exist that 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 increases, uh, you you don't want to be kind of looking uh, in the multi-major market uh, like 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 the US. And Renee Mutlilov, uh, thank you so much for speaking to Business News. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. 